0: Hello, educators of Virginia, and welcome to another episode of Deeper Insights, VASCD's podcast channel, where we get the privilege of talking with practitioners about things that are going on in schools and the real solutions to the problems we're all facing today it is my distinct pleasure to sit down with maria ramadan who is the director of teaching teaching and learning in spotsylvania county she's also a middle school coach and a leadership coach for jimmy casas she is also going to be with us in williamsburg at our annual conference she is a concurrent session presenter. So make sure that if you haven't registered yet, make sure you register so you can come hang out with Maria and check out her session at VASCD's annual conference, Level Up in Williamsburg in late November. Maria, welcome. How are thank you? you?
1: so. I am doing wonderful. Thank you so much for having me today. And yes, I'm looking forward to all of you in Williamsburg coming up to see my session, talk with me,
0: believe in building community. So thank you for having me on today. Awesome. I, I'm so grateful, um, for, for your time, VASCD, appreciates you giving up, uh, some of your valuable time just to talk with us today. I I know we're going to get into it a little bit later about connection and and relationships, um, as we talk, but I I think it's important for us as an audience to build, to, to build a connection and almost a relationship with you. So when I ask how you are, I really want to know, and, and we really want to hear like giving, given the, you know What's going on in your world, uh, whether professionally or personally, how are you? How are you showing up today?
1: I'm showing up as, as my authentic self, and and I am a true believer in optimism and a true believer in hope, and that's how I show up every day. I believe that every day is a day to be great. It's a day to be better than the day before, and I work really hard to maintain that, truly to maintain that, and knowing that we all face challenges. And honestly, we know that our school systems are facing challenges right now. We know our country is facing challenges right now. But I try to stay in my realm of control, my circle of control and influence and stay in that lane and keep a positive mindset and a positive outlook. So when I say um, I'm doing okay, I am doing okay, for real. (laughs) And, And that's what I choose. That's where I choose to live.
0: Yeah no I I appreciate that perspective and I I appreciate your authenticity. I also pre- appreciate like we need leaders more than ever who maintain that optimistic um that 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 hope um where you know it's it's sometimes we just need a beacon of light to just go towards. And so every time a leader really has an uh, um uh, uh, an opportunity to shine that light it is so good for all of us. Uh, as educators, as human beings, as, as all the hats that we wear. So, so thank you for your leadership and thank you for being a beacon of hope and to, and for keeping that optimistic perspective uh, because, because we need it. Um, you know, mm-hmm. we're coming off of the hardest year ever. Uh, we are, we are now well into the 22, 23 school year. And, and in your check-in, you you mentioned we're all facing some challenges. So, when 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 you talk with teachers or see teachers, when you talk with school leaders or or even colleagues or the folks you're interacting with, what are some of the challenges um, that that our people are facing right now?
1: Mm-hmm. I think, and, and as you shared in the opening, I've been a middle school principal. I was a principal through the pandemic and transitioned into this new position as director of teaching and learning, as well as being a leadership coach. So I have the opportunity to interact with teachers, principals, students, parents. You know, um, variety of stakeholders, and I think that some of the challenges we face right now. We know there is a nationwide shortage of teachers, and that's not unique to one portion of the country. It's it's all over our country right now, and we know when that occurs, it requires those individuals in the current role to step up and and take on additional responsibilities sometimes because. When we keep students at the center of everything that we do, we're not going to let that slip. We're not going to let that that drop. And ensuring that students are number one, it can be demanding. You know, it can be demanding in regards to time, in regards to added responsibility. Um, And those are things that we can't control time. We can't add extra time into the day. So I encourage our educators to do the best that they can in the time that we are allotted, but also make time for their own well being. And we're also facing the challenges of students, um, you know, during some of the school closures across the country. We know that, um, you know, learning looked different. And we know that we have students that may have had gaps before the pandemic that may have even larger gaps after. And we're still making sure that we give students what they need. Um, so you have all of those pieces coming together. You have the shortage, you have some of the learning that was impacted because of the pandemic, and it's working together to figure out, okay, how do we do this successfully and keeping our students in the center? And we also know that There's uh, mental health challenges, you know, we have that piece as well. And that's what really motivated me to focus in on how do we connect with all of our students? How do we build that connectedness, that sense of belonging? How do we ensure that our teachers feel connected to each other coming out of that pandemic and coming out of, you know, there's a lot of isolation that took place. So for me, it's even more important at this moment that we connect with each other, that we build our communities, that we make sure every student is seen, and that we make sure our teachers and our staff are united and connected so we can successfully move forward.
0: Yeah, you and I I appreciate that. I mean, just recognizing what the challenges are. And, and it sounds like you believe deeply that that the only way through is, is if we stay connected, is if we focus on those relationships. And and we've seen teachers um you know gosh it's been a challenge oh two plus years the, our, our teachers and our school leaders who i i let me say how do i phrase it who, who navigated most successfully are the ones who focused on relationships and who focused on connection and so right now, as, as we are, we're almost out of the woods with, with the pandemic. I think, you know, we, we can almost say post-pandemic. I, I think we're very close to being able to say that. But you, you, you talked about connection and relationship. Uh, can, let's, let's hone in on a word like belonging. Like what, what do you think um, are some important things about making sure that all of our students feel like they belong? I've, I've thought about that a lot. And we talk about making sure everyone has a seat at the table
1: and making sure everyone is included. But to me, it goes a step further because you can still be sitting at the table and not feel like you belong there. So it's, it's how do we make sure that student or staff or in any relationship you're in, make sure that that person seems sees or that person is heard and seen and valued I think that's how you make people feel like they belong. You hear their voice. You acknowledge what they're saying. You you just engage in a way that says, I see you. I'm interested in you. I want to know who you are. I want to know what you need. It's not enough to say, come sit here. Come sit at the table beside me. Now that you're here, let me know who you are. And to me, that's what belonging is. It's that sense of yes. I have a place here, I'm seen, I'm heard, I'm valued, and I am appreciated for what I bring. That's to me what belonging means. And I think that if we look at, just from a research standpoint, we know that when students feel like they belong or if they feel connected, they're going to do more. They're going to do more. If you have a staff member or a teacher or anyone when they feel like they are connected and they belong, they're going to go that extra mile. Um, so I think it's important for for many reasons, and um, that that's one of my passions is making sure everyone knows that they belong at that table. They just don't have a seat there
0: yeah and and i'm I'm so glad you you talked about the research, kind of drawing that direct line between that sense of belonging, but that direct line. With the connectedness, straight line to engagement, straight line to improve learning outcomes. So I definitely, you know, a, appreciate that because not everyone feels like that's important. And and so um, when 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 we take that approach, when we we listen to the research and we listen to practitioners with the experience and the expertise in creating environments where students, faculty, staff, community, parents, families. When we feel like we belong, and and there's that sense of of connection, uh, it's amazing how far we could take our organization. So, what does that look like? Uh, when you talk about belonging, and when you talk about connection, and when you talk about relationships, um, it, I I think you know I think I had an answer for that pre pandemic. I think I had an answer for that during the pandemic. Um, what is the is. Is it any different from your perspective? Maybe first of all, is is it any different? And and if it is or if it isn't, what does it look like now that we're we're moving, we're moving forward after the pandemic? I don't know if it looks different. I think we have to be more intentional.
1: I think we have to be more intentional. And I'll share, I had a conversation with my son, who's 21 years old, and I was just asking him, how do we reach all of our students? how do we look at some of our groups of students who are not performing at the levels we would want them to perform at, and some of our underrepresented groups. I asked him, how do we reach all of those students? And he asked me, how well do you know each one of those students? And to me, that was a point to say, and this isn't new, and we know this, and we know research supports this as well, but after the pandemic or post-pandemic, however you want to word it, how well do we know what that student experienced? How well do we know what that student needs? And how much time are we taking to see that student? And I think from that point, and it wasn't a few months ago, it it caused me to stop and reflect. You know, I've always been big on relationships and I've always known that, you know, that that is a necessity. We have to do that. But talking to a 21-year-old and having him pose that question, it really made me reflect as well. We're focused on a lot of different moving pieces, but at the center of all of those pieces is our students. And how well do we really know what our students need? And are we giving them a platform to tell us? We have lots of research and we have lots of books that are written by very educated practitioners and um, researchers, but what are students saying? You know, what are they telling us they need? And until we can stop and listen, I think we're going to, you know, I'll say it this way. Until we stop and listen, we may get a little stuck because we need that voice. We need their thoughts. We need them to feel like they can come to us and say, you know what, I need this to be successful. I, you can help me by doing this. And we can guide and we can coach and we can direct, um, but we have to hear the voices of our students.
0: Yeah. I, so I I, re, I want to make sure I got it right how well you know your students determines how well you reach your students is that, does that mm-hmm. sound like it's it's a I might have to tweet that out that's good that's awesome I, yes. I appreciate that mm-hmm. from from the mouths of your from the mouth of your son um, <laughs> I, I love it so I you know I, I want to live in that space for just a little bit because one thing that has you know as the executive director of VASCD one of my jobs is to make sure that I'm I'm uh, putting programming in place that allows allows teachers and, and school leaders and division leaders to improve their craft, so that mm-hmm. they can meet the demands of modern learners. And mm-hmm. what what we've all seen is the, the universe around our schools has changed more in the past two years than it has in the past 20. Uh, mm-hmm. And our kids are changing, our students are changing way more rapidly since March of 2020 than mm-hmm. they ever did b- before that, that trajectory. And there hasn't been a lot of investment in professional learning in the past two years since we all learned Mm -hmm. how to transform so uh, what i and i don't know if this is a question or just a statement but what you made me really think about is there's no better way for us to figure out what adjustments we need to make than to talk to the kids than to bring the students in and and Mm -hmm. and not ask a student to talk for uh, a group of students but i i think what i'm picking up from hearing you say is that it's one kid at a time because this kid is going to need something different their story is different where they're coming from is different where they're going is different and so uh, talk to that if you if you can't there's not a question in there but it's just what (laughs) you made me think about and um if you could elaborate that on just a little bit more because I think it's important for our educators to hear. We hear one kid at a time. You, we got to reach mm-hmm. every single kid. It means mm-hmm. something different right now. I believe in twenty twenty two than it did whenever we started talking about personalization. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think, um, and like 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 we're talking about, it's every kid. How do you reach
1: every single student? And it's a huge task, you know. For me, I I actually started interviewing um, some students. They're older, over 18, but you know, 18 to 25 year olds and asking them to talk to me about what their public education or private education K-12 looked like. What did it look like for you? What is it that you needed that you received? What is it that you may not have received? And being open to that, being open to listening. Uh, It it really started as a passion project for me. Um, And I want to grow that out into a documentary style, showing others what students are saying and how we can incorporate that into our day-to-day instruction, our day-to-day school operations. We can build that into our culture, our school culture of what students have to say about their own education. They have to be invested in their education. And I think one of the best ways to have someone become more invested is to listen to them and to design around what it is they need. Of course, we're educators and we know what research shows us and tells us, and that's very important. And it oftentimes aligns with sometimes hearing the words of a young person, authentic and raw, the way they express themselves is powerful. And I think there is power in giving them voice.
0: You just gave me an idea and I had to write it down. I, I might have to look, um, I might have to look for students to be guests on our podcast channel. Um, I, that would be, that would take some things to the next level. So thank you for that nudge and that inspiration. I appreciate it. You're welcome. So, um, so there's something that's, that our schools are facing right now. When, when I talk to school, I, the same question I asked you at the beginning about what challenges you're seeing. Um, I, I ask our school leaders when I'm, when I'm, when I'm with them or I'll ask our teachers when I have a chance to, to talk with them and, um, I, I won't say what they're saying uh specifically on the podcast but there's uh the the word that um I, that I can use to maybe summarize is conflict when we're when 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 there's conflict exists you know we're trying to build relationships we're trying to build connection but either the something happens and, and the relationships the the relationship breaks down or um there's there's some harm that's done or or there's damage to relationship or if before I even have a chance to develop that relationship, we enter into our relationship through the lens of conflict. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think maybe those are two very different questions. You could take whichever one you want, but the words mm-hmm. conflict and 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 damage to the relationship. What, what can we do um, in those moments um, to mm-hmm. help preserve what we're after and that mm-hmm. belonging, that connection, those relationships, when we're after those things, but we, we have something that happens that causes a little bit of friction towards that. What are some mm-hmm. things that we can do? I think one of the things that we can do
1: is listen. Listen. And um, when I say actively listen, we need to hear the perspective of the other person. So one thing is listen. And then also reflect upon yourself. Why is this causing me conflict? You know, why? Look inside yourself and say, okay, this was a trigger for me. Why is it a trigger for me? Right? And understand yourself. And then listen to what the other person says. You don't have to agree on everything, but you can come to a point where you can say, I hear you. Again, I hear you. I see you. I acknowledge what you're saying. I may not agree with it, but I'm making a choice. I'm making a constant, constant. I'm sorry, getting my words tangled up. But I'm making a choice to say, I hear you, I see you, I listen to you, I acknowledged. And now we're going to make a decision collectively to move in whichever direction we decide to move in. But it's not me shutting down because there's conflict. It's not me um, turning a blind eye. It's me saying what you said or did triggered me. It could have hurt me. I'm listening and we're going to make a decision as to how collectively we move forward, but it can't hype. it can't happen. It can't, it's not quick. It's not a quick thing. It's going to take time and, you know, it's going to take time and commitment.
0: And I think being, um, being able to, to hit the pause button on yourself in that moment, mm-hmm. uh, because so many times it has happened to me where I, all of the blood of my brain leaves my prefrontal cortex and goes straight to survival mode and it's fight right. or flight, fight, right. fight, or fight, flight, or freeze for me. Right. right. And so, um, you know, being able to recognize when it's happening and take a really mm-hmm. deep breath before you come right back. Um, right. And, and then to be able to kind of pull back and, and bring it to, to a sensibility, I, I think that's, that's a skill. And mm-hmm. the unfortunate thing is it takes practice. And the more unfortunate thing is that in order for you be to be able to practice, it means it has to happen to you. So- right. You have to be you have to be in the moment of it, right?
1: But what I've learned, and this isn't something I made up, this is something I learned through leadership training. You have to acknowledge where you're feeling it first. Like if I not acknowledge where is triggering me first, then I can say, okay, I got it. I understand. I understand me. Now I need to listen and understand the other person. Now I need to make a decision. Okay, what is the decision going to be moving forward? But it was it was a powerful leadership training that I learned that from. And it applies in the classroom because sometimes students are going, going to trigger and adults will trigger, uh, trigger you. And you have to make a choice on how you respond in that moment. And especially with so many moving pieces um, Right now, people can, self-included, get overwhelmed. And when you get overwhelmed, you know you're not your most rational self. So if you practice a strategy to to get through those moments, I think, you know, at the end of the day, you'll be in a better place and a and better am- service to the people in your
0: life. It, and it's amazing how how quickly it can escalate mm-hmm. or how quickly it can be over. You, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like if 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 in the moment that it happens – it's, it, it, instead of taking it to the next level, you you do, and then all of a sudden, okay, the conflict is over. Now we're working through it. Uh, so so I, I will I won't say the conflict is over. However. You, you don't have to go straight to 10 in, in order to, to move it to a place. So I, I appreciate that. I just take a look at, I can't believe we're almost at 30 minutes already, Maria. Um, yes. This time has absolutely flown for me. And so I, I'm going to, I want to be very mindful of your time and also mindful of our listeners time, but I want to give you a moment to, um, how How can we connect with you? Um are there any parting words or or anything that's special uh, going on for for you that you'd love for us to hear to hear about before we say goodbye?
1: Well, I want to continue on again. I'll see you all in Williamsburg, so I'll see you there. My session is relationships when creating communities within our school. Um, so focusing in on relationships, community building. Um, also working on the project. It's called I am not invisible. I am not invisible. A champion for every student. And as I talked about earlier, I'm looking to talk to young adults and uh, give them voice as to how we as educators, can continue to create the best possible environment for every single one of the students that come across our path, or just the young people in our life in general, how we can set them up for success, because that's our ultimate goal, set each student up for success. It may look different for different students, but at the end of the day, that's our common ground. Um, You can reach me, I'm on Twitter, I'm on Twitter as Maria Ramadan. So so feel free to reach me on Twitter. Um, Shoot me um, a message. I'll get back with you. I love to have community in my life. I love to to hear and understand and learn from individuals from all over the country. Because we ultimately are in this together. We can't do it by ourselves. We cannot work in isolation. And our students deserve the very best. So thank you for the opportunity opportunity, just remember, connect, make sure students feel like they belong, reach out, ask questions, and get to know those young people in your life. They are, they are our future. I know it sounds cliche, but they truly are our future.
0: And I know that together we can keep moving forward. So thank you for this opportunity. Thank you, Maria. I appreciate your time, your experience, your expertise. Uh, I'm I am inspired um, by you, so I, I know our uh, our friends listening in today will be inspired as well. So, thank you to everyone tuning in to Deeper Insights. It has been my pleasure to speak with Maria Ramadan, uh, and we'll see you at the conference. Thank you. Yes. Thank you.